Welcome into Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips and Scott Smith here with our first show of 2020. And uh, if this is your first time around here with us, this is where we answer all of your questions. So if you're not already watching over on Facebook, make sure you head there. And then also you can submit your questions in the comment section under the Facebook video. Um, I can't imagine what some of the questions are going to be uh, right about now this time of year. Before we get into some of those that I'm sure are inevitable questions, uh, we had a little bit. Guesses. You guesses. Yes. Okay, tell me your three no, guesses. Just the number three. Oh, oh, yes. just the number three. Got it. I get it. That was mm -hmm. that was Thank good. Um, I'll so be here all week. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's start with some of the roster moves that we had that are a little bit obscure that people might be going. What is a futures contract? Yeah, it's the signings that every team does at this time of the year, right as soon as the the season ends. I, I know we just announced it yesterday, about a week into the off season, but that's been ongoing since the day after the season ended. Reserve futures are guys. The reason that you have this reserve future option is so it's an even playing field for everybody that's in or not in the playoffs. Like right now, on January 1st, we our season's done. We can sign guys, but what about the teams in the playoffs? They can't sign guys to their roster because they don't want to let somebody go, right? But So right. you're looking ahead to 2020. So anybody can sign guys to what are called reserve future contracts, and they're just basically contracts that take effect as soon as the next league season starts, in this case 2020, on March 18th. And most of the times that is made up mostly of the guys that you had on your practice squad at the end of the year. So we re-signed seven of those guys, guys like Jordan Leggett, Jeremiah Ledbetter, guys like that, and then brought in one guy from outside the team, a safety named DeAndre Hall, who's seen some playing time in Chicago and Philly, I think. So, uh, you know, there are a lot of names that maybe aren't big names that you don't recognize. Some of them won't make it. Some, some of them won't even make it necessarily to training camp. But we did have three guys on our roster last year that were signed at this time last year to reserve future contracts, our long snapper, Zach Trinner, and then Dare Ogumbawale and Patrick O'Connor. So you, you can find guys that end up making the team at this time of the year. That's a great point. And then we also wanted to get to uh, the Hall of Fame news that happened this week. <clears throat> a little was, bit a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. Yeah, I would say it was uh, a little bit more bad than good, to be honest with you. We had three guys in the semifinalist, that being John Lynch and Rondé Barber and Simeon Rice. And, of course, the very, very good part is John Lynch, once again, for the seventh straight year being named a finalist. Uh, if you rewind to when he was a first a finalist in 2014, of the 15 players who were finalists then – all of them are now in the Hall of Fame, except for John Lynch. It just seems like it's his time, but we say that every year. Right. So there are also three safeties in the final 15, which would seem to make it tougher with Leroy Butler and Steve Atwater. John has made it from the cut. They do a cut on the day of the voting from 15 down to 10, and he's made that before, but not every year. Mm. So it's just hard to figure out. They obviously consider him a potential Hall of Famer because they keep voting him into the finalists every year, but he hasn't made it over the hump yet. So hopefully that's this year. Rondé Barber not making it, uh, it's baffling it's, It me. really is. I mean, we all, of course, believe he belongs to be in the hall. We're a little biased. Just a little bit, but I'd like to think that not enough that it actually would make us wrong. Right. But, I mean, the fact that he's not even in the finalists is, is absolutely mind-blowing. I was shocked last year, and we tried to make a little bit more of a push this year before. We just assumed he'd make the finalist stage. Yeah. I don't know what's missing, It would be my point. Mm -hmm. We've made the case for Rondé many times in a lot of different platforms i just don't understand what's missing yeah. the numbers are there the championship is there the big plays are there the durability is there the length i mean some guys don't like to some voters don't like when a guy's contract or career is short like uh, terrell davis took terrell davis a, a while again in his peak was amazing but his career is pretty short some guys 
want to see a peak. They want to see a guy that's dominant for a certain mm-hmm. period of time. Well, Rondé has all of that, yeah. and he has a signature play that's one of the most memorable. It's the most memorable play in franchise history, probably, and I would argue one of the most of the last couple decades in in the NFC Championship game. Yeah. The, you know, all the sacks, all the interceptions, all the tackles, which are amazing for a cornerback. Mm-hmm. Uh, the durability, he never missed a game. He set records in, in a number of ways for games played and games started. Yeah, I don't I just get don't it. know what's missing. That's so <laughs> I crazy. I, that's really insane. All right, so let's get to some of these questions people are asking. Um, we'll just go ahead and there's a everyone's asking things about Winston. They're all phrasing it different ways. Put their names together like Bob. Or, I know, right? Bob Mark. Put them all together. So Tracy. We'll, we'll just, Jameis. <laughs> Go. <laughs> You're welcome for well, that I setup. Think the, okay. It's going to sound like a cop-out, but I think we have to start here. Um, when your head coach says, uh, you know, save your save your breath, because I'm not going to answer that question right now, right. how much farther can we possibly go? Right. That's what he said to start his press conference the day after the game. Now, they did, of course, still ask him a bunch of questions right. about Jameis, and so there was some stuff that you could fill in the blanks a little bit. He basically said – they're obviously going to start evaluating immediately everything they can possibly evaluate about him and, and all the players, but mm-hmm. he's the biggest question. And he's, he, he said something along the lines of they could have decided upon the path they most likely want to follow within a couple of weeks. However, there's no point in telling everybody. Right. Because you lose your leverage exactly. based on which way you're going. Uh, so I don't think we're going to really know for some time. And now, I mean, if you're, if you're going to ask us to guess, right? I mean, we can still guess. Right. It, it doesn't feel as strong to me as it did maybe in mid-December, but I still think the most likely outcome is that Jameis Winston is the Bucks quarterback in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're asking me to guess. If you're asking me to tell you what's going to happen, I can't because even the coach won't. won't right. Doesn't Absolutely. want it out for another couple months. Yes. All right. Okay. Well, so there's our, there's our Jameis disclaimer for everybody. I don't think everybody. that's going to stop the question. Probably not. We'll, we'll do our if best. If you find a clever way to bring it back up. Yes, then we'll <laughs> give it a shot. Uh, Scott wanted to know, when are we going to re-sign Shaq? Good name. Um, well, I think before March 18th would be the good answer. That's start of free agency. Nice. They don't usually happen, like, in January mm-hmm. uh, when you're going to re-sign a guy, even if both sides seem like that definitely is what they want to do, which is certainly the case here. We had multiple op- uh, um, op- instances of both Bruce Arians saying, Shaq's not going anywhere, and Shaq saying, this is definitely where I want to be. So it, it, what they didn't – they didn't him and haw at all. Neither side did. It just seems so certain that they want this to happen that I would expect something to happen in time. And if for some reason they can't reach a contract agreement in time, you still have that franchise or transition tag possible. And players hate it, and I understand that. And Shaq was specifically asked that. Um, and he said, no, of course I don't want the franchise tag. I want to right. make a long-term deal. I, he said, I, I understand it's a lot more money than I've made to this point, so right. he understands that. But no player wants that because they, it, it can restrict their ability to get a long-term deal and security right now. Mm-hmm. But remember also, lots of times you can put a tag on a guy just because you didn't get it done in time. And that gives you more time to get it done exclusively. Without yep. And it can still get can done still before the season yeah. and not actually it, do the franchise get tag. Done in, it can get done in April or March. Hopefully it gets done in February or early March. I'm just discovering this question in my head right now. So let's say you franchise tag, you know, Shaq. Okay. Then you get a long-term deal done with him before the season. Would you be able to 
pretty quickly even after that. Would you be able to franchise tag someone else? You can only use no, it on one player. you got to use so it. So that's it. Even if you don't end up using it on him. There's a deadline by which you can declare a right. franchise player, and it's before the start of free agency. And so um, if you franchise tag the guy, I suppose, yeah, because so once you franchise tag him, the deadline's passed. Right. So even if you sign so him, then you, can't you wouldn't put be able to. Okay. Um, Brandon said, what do you believe we should look at with the first round draft pick? Well, we're going to be answering that one a lot, too. And mm -hmm. I, some of it depends on what happens in free agency, you know, with all the people in the front seven. And, of course, Bruce Arians has said he wants to keep that whole front seven together, which we all do. It's just maybe it's possible, maybe it's not. The Bucks have a lot of cap space, but it'll get eaten up quickly, especially if you re-sign Jameis or put a franchise tag on with contracts for Shaq Barrett, hopefully. And then for some combinations, a combination of JPP, uh, Carl Nassib, and Dominican Sue. All those guys are free agents. So it'd be nice to get them all back. If so, then the front seven is less of an issue, right? I mean, right. you could say you want some, maybe some edge rusher for the future, but remember we just used a pick on Anthony Nelson last year who really didn't get to play a lot, and I, I know they like him. So they've got a developmental guy already. Um, if, however, the re-signing doesn't go very well, then front seven players become more of a priority. To me, it's either that or offensive linemen. And one of the reasons why I think I'd lean towards, say, offensive tackle is it just seems like this draft is well set up for a team picking right in the middle. We're at 14, mm -hmm. and the depth, the considered, you know, what's considered very good depth at the tackle position, uh, especially when you consider, you know, there's probably going to be three teams that take a quarterback before 14, assuming we're not one of them. Right. Um, and, and uh, you know, people always want the pass rushers tend to rise like mm -hmm. they did last year. Uh, you can probably get the second or third best offensive tackle at pick number 14. And it's a position that the Buccaneers have not used a first round draft pick on since 2000. So, or was it 2001? Whichever year we, wow. we drafted Kenyatta Walker, I think it was 2001. Um, that's the last time we used a first round pick. Now, Donovan was close to a first right. round pick. Um, so to me, it's a spot that we haven't drafted at for a long time that could use some youthful injection. Okay. Uh, Axel said, how likely is it we keep the whole D-line together? I personally don't consider it likely. i got to believe one of those guys gets away. If, if you succeed, let's just hypothetically say you, you get Shaq, you get JPP back, you're, and you've already paid for a quarterback, your cap space is running out quickly to the point where you may have to hope you can get guys back at a, at a rate they might get less of than somewhere else. Like, what is Indom – I, I loved Indomit and Sue this year. I thought he was fantastic, and he cost, I think, $9 million. Mm -hmm. Can you get him back at that or somewhere close to that? That would be wonderful. But right. what if some other team wants to pay him a little bit more? You know, right. I'm, not using, I'm not saying we're specifically going to lose him, but one of these guys – has, there's a good chance to get an opportunity that the Bucks just can't match that while also doing everything else. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, we said if somebody asked it in a creative way, we'd okay. readjust this. I, I thought this was interesting. James said, uh, who do you think stays a Buccaneer longer, Jameis or Bruce Arians? So that's a kind of creative oh, way to wow. ask it, and putting you on tough, the spot. Too. That's yeah. a really good Isn't question. Isn't that great? Oh, boy. See, that that's an impossible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just happy you are answering it enough. No matter what you say, answer you say there, it sounds terrible, right? Yep. If you say Jameis and you're saying, well, okay, he's not the long-term solution, and you say Bruce, it means, well, he's probably gone pretty soon. And we don't want right. that to happen. Right. If I have to pick one, I would say Bruce. For one thing, if you're saying which one's going to be around longer, one of them is making a decision about whether he wants the other one back. Yeah. <laughs> right? So logically, 
he'd be the one more likely to stay around longer. That's an interesting point. I got around that with logic. You did. I like that. That was a good little <laughs> tap dance you just did over there. Um, John asked uh, about the idea of trading up in draft position. So I'm, how likely do we see that? Uh, I'm not a fan of it, personally. Uh, I don't think it's the best way to use draft assets. And if you look at Jason Light's history, he's been a guy who will trade up, like, in the second and third and fourth rounds to make sure he gets a guy that we've targeted. You know, Ali Marpet's a good example. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, that's worked out well. Uh, he has not been a guy to trade up in the first round. In fact, he's been more likely to make small trades down, like when we went from 9 to 11 before drafting Vernon Hargraves thereby picking up some other draft assets along the way. So uh, if you're trading up from 14, the only thing I can imagine at this moment that you'd be trading up from is, is if you've decided to move on and you want to get in range for the quarterback that you want. And if you're doing that, it becomes more likely because teams will pay a draft pick premium. You see it every single year to make sure they get the quarterback they want. That's the only way I see us moving up. Otherwise, it just doesn't seem like it's in Jason Light's normal business operation. Right. Yeah. Um, James brought up uh, improvements, it seems like Jameis made on his deep ball. For uh, sure. Yeah. So, wanted to hear your thoughts on that of how much yeah. and in what ways you did see improvement. Oh, from so, him. somebody is giving us a, a way to say something nice about Jameis. Sure. We'll That's go with cool. that. We'll go with that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. His deep ball was in, incredibly improved this year, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I look at the I look at the play to Mike Evans where he got hurt, where he pulled the hamstring. Mm -hmm. Mike's last play of the year, you know, he's got him out there split wide. It's a simple play. I'm pretty sure there was a single high safety, which is why he looked at him immediately. Mike just the guy wasn't playing press coverage, so Mike just kind of beat him to the outside. And actually, the corner's name I can't think of right now did a nice job of pivoting and staying with him. And you see, like, well, it doesn't seem like I got separation, but Mike has such sort of deceptive speed with his long stride that Jameis could tell even before there really was much separation that he was going to have separation. And that pass was beautiful and completely on the money, catching it in stride, not having to adjust back for mm -hmm. word and thereby, thereby get tackled. Uh, I thought he threw a lot of passes like that this year. We were really good at throwing those, you know, just release off the line and up the sideline passes with guys like Brashad Perryman at the end of the year. And, of course, Mike is very good at that. And Chris making catches right on the sideline. You know, you're talking about a very small amount of – a small window to get that ball into. And I thought he did that a lot this year. And the only reason I can say for that is just they had him practice it a lot more. That's what Bruce said at the beginning of the year. How are you going to get Jameis's deep ball better? He says, we're going to practice it a lot more. Right. It's like maybe some coaches sometimes don't want to throw too many deep balls. They want to overwork their quarterback. But he's like, that's the only way we're going to get better. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of practices in the spring and in training camp where the deep ball looked good. But you never can know for sure because it's practice. Right. But it, obviously it did translate, and that, that was a much improved part of his game. Yeah. Um, Ed asked, are we going to trade OJ in the offseason? Well, I wouldn't guess so, but it doesn't seem as – obvious of a no as it did before the season started I think before the season started people would look at Bruce Arians' track record with his previous offenses on other teams and you don't see a lot of tied in contributions but then you'd look at the personnel and go well he's never had tight ends like this right. before we thought let's see what happens now and then it just didn't really happen and uh, you know was that a lack of trying to get them involved was some of it OJ not playing up to the potential we clearly saw in his first two seasons so it's not as big of a – it's not as, a, as ridiculous sounding of a question as it was before the season started, but I would still bet no. Okay. And Drew asked, uh, are we going to address the run game this offseason? And if so, what would be the best ways, draft, free agency, or trade? Uh, not trade. 
No, I don't think you want to trade for running back. Uh, I say that, but I will. I will admit that if you look at it, Houston traded for um, Carlos Hyde because Kansas City had a surplus of running backs, and I think Kansas City called Houston the way I read the story. They traded for Carlos Hyde like right before the season, and he ends up going for a thousand yards. So maybe if you find a situation where a team is is trying to get rid of a guy because they have a surplus for a reasonable amount for a reasonable price you do that but it still is less likely than right. the other two um free agency you tend to overpay a back so draft would be my best choice uh, i also think if we do sign another or, or draft a, a high offensive lineman that mm-hmm. would help the run game potentially um but you can we've seen that you can get good running backs like devin singletary in the third round alvin kamara obviously it's one thing though to say look there's Alvin Kamara, there's Devin Singletary. You can get a great running back in the third round. You can, but it doesn't mean that everybody gets it right. Right. So you can't count on it. But I'd probably go draft, but not the first round. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Tons of great questions today, and I know there were plenty we still didn't get a chance to get to, but we ran out of time, so make sure you come back next week. We've got all off season to be talking about all of these different topics. So thanks for being with us, and we'll see you next time.